ready for Thanksgiving? Anybody going to eat turkey? Anybody staying home? Anybody going to family? Anybody undecided? How many of you are awake today? Just checking on you. Hey, I heard a cute story this week about a preacher who was riding his bicycle down the road, and he saw this little boy who was selling lawnmower. The preacher walked up to him, and he said, I see you selling your lawnmower. He said, what you going to do when you get the money? He said, I'm going to buy a brand-new bicycle. He said, well, I've got a bicycle. He said, what if we trade? I'll give you my bicycle. You give me the lawnmower. The little boy looked at the bicycle, and he said, Mr., you got a deal. The little boy got on the bicycle, and the preacher started to crank the lawnmower. He started pulling the cord to crank it. It wouldn't crank. The little boy looked at him, and the preacher looked back. He said, hey, I can't get this lawnmower to start. He said, oh, that's all right, preacher. He said, it'll work out. All you got to do is cuss at it. The preacher said, I've been a preacher 25 years. I don't even remember how to cuss. The little boy smiled and said, you just keep pulling on that cord, preacher. It'll come back to you. You know, when we go in a new direction, we want to make sure that we don't become engaged in the things that were bad habits from before, don't we? We've been trying to talk about Thanksgiving this month, what it means to be thankful. You know, thankful people are not people who complain that much. They're just grateful, aren't they? And so some of the habits that we've had in the past, maybe we give up complaining for Thanksgiving. Another thing that we've noticed is thankful people are generous people. Did you know that? I mean, think about the people you know. The thankful people are the ones who are the most generous. I go by my paper at Publix every morning. They said, hey, do you want to give to the March of Dimes? I said, why not? So I do. You probably do too. It's just an opportunity to give a little something because gracious people are thankful. I heard about two men who got stranded on a deserted island. They said, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Nobody will ever find us. One man looked at the other. He said, don't worry about it. He said, I make $200,000 a month, and I tithe. He said, my preacher will find me. (laughs) Another man was dying, and he wanted $2 million sweepstakes. His family was too concerned. They said, if we tell him, he might have a heart attack and die. So they called the preacher. They said, preacher, we want you to go into his room and tell him what happened. So the preacher went in. He started talking to the man. The man seemed pretty relaxed. So he told him, you just won $2 million. The guy took it pretty well. So the preacher said, what are you going to do with it? He said, well, I thought I'd give half of it to the church. And the preacher had a heart attack and died. Now today we're in this third week of a four-week series about Thanksgiving. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the benefits of being thankful. Last week we said, hey, you can be thankful in some of the worst situations that you face. And, And even today we can look around and even though circumstances may be less than ideal, we can be grateful people. Now, if we've been practicing that this past month and writing in our journals about how thankful we are and for what we're thankful, then probably we've been sleeping better, we feel more positive, and we're projecting attitudes that draw other people to us. There's something else that happens when we give, and that is we become more generous because we're thankful. As we cultivate thankful hearts, the goodness of God and His provision and His presence and generosity begins to flow out of who we are. So let's look at the Scripture and see what happened in the Israelites today. After God had brought the Israelites out of Egypt, He tells Moses in Exodus, 
Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. And then it goes on, and he says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and another type of durable leather, Acadia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing of oil, and for the fragrant incense, and the onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastplate, he says. Now, God has placed this vision in Moses' heart. In order for this to happen, Moses goes to the people and asks them to bring the needed articles that they can give so that the tabernacle can be built. Why is that important? Because that's where God dwells, and so they can be with God when they build a place for him to dwell so that they can spend time with him. And after Moses puts a call out to the people, I want you to see what it says. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. Look what happened. So the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing. And they said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord that was commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent his word throughout the camp. Now listen to what the order is. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because they had already had, what they already had was more than enough to do the work. Can you believe that? Isn't that an amazing story? Now, let's think of that in terms of what that would look like today. Let's say that we've been praying as a leadership at Woodlawn about what God wants us to do next, and God lays it on our heart that he wants us to build a building. And so I, like Moses, come to you and I share with you what our prayers have been about, what we're talking about, what we're thinking, and I say, now it's up to you to give so that we might make that happen. And so we begin giving so that we might be able to build. Now, that story is just like what happened to Moses. God tells Moses, Moses tells the people, God speaks to me, I talk to you. In order for that story to happen today, we would have to continue to give more than enough for that to take place. It would be a wonderful problem to have. Can you imagine me coming to you and saying, listen, hey, you've already given enough, don't give any more. We've got more than enough to do all that God has called us to do. Now, I have a theory as to why the people were so happy to give what they gave. You have to go back to the part of the story where the Israelites were about to leave Egypt. This is a fascinating story. You may never have caught this little part of it before. I want you to listen to it. It says in Exodus, the third chapter, So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians, this is God speaking, with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he, who's he? Pharaoh. He will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Did you know God gives us favor? He gives us favor with people, and that's exactly what he's doing. 
And then he says this, Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Now I want you to catch that. Moses has just been with God at the burning bush, and God is foretelling what's going to happen. Pharaoh, he's not letting them go. But once God has shown his strength, now Pharaoh will let them go. And all these Hebrew women, he says, you tell the Egyptian women to give you silver and gold and clothing, and the Egyptians will give it to them. These people are slaves. They go from having nothing to being rich in just a few seconds when the Egyptians just pour out all kinds of resources for them. It's an amazing thing. Now, I want to give you a theory as to why I think the people of God were so generous. I believe that they were generous because they had no problem recognizing that everything they had and the way they had been blessed had come from God. You know, that's still true today, isn't it? Everything we have, God gives us. You say, well, I work for it. Yeah, well, who gave you the mind to work? And who gave you the body to work? Who gave you the job? And who put you in a position where you were blessed and they continued to give you more and more as you did that job? Everything had come into their possession because God made it happen. They were slaves. Now they were set free. You know, that's very similar to us. We've never been slaves like they were, but everybody here has been a slave to sin. And because God sent his son to die for us, we were then released, weren't we? We were set free. We were able to live and have a relationship with him. Now let me ask you a question. What are you going to do with that? Just like the Hebrews did, how are you going to respond to that? You know, God created ten plagues in their day, but he didn't have to do that for us. He gave his son so that we might live. There's a lot of debate about the correct amount that we are to give based on what God teaches us. Malachi teaches us in the last book of the Old Testament, we're to give 10% back to the storehouse, the place where we worship. That's what we're called to do. Some people say, well, you know, the New Testament doesn't really mention tithing specifically, so is that an issue? Usually people who don't give anything are the ones who make that argument. It's never the people who tithe or give more than that. I can always kind of tell where they're coming from. But let me say this. You know, under the old system, animals had to die so that people could go give. God expected us to give 10% of our income into, under a system where animals died for the sins of the people. Well, would he expect any less of us for his son to die and shed his blood so that we might give? I mean, think about that. What's more valuable, animal blood or the blood of Jesus Christ? So we're to cultivate that desire to give, and so we show that, and we invest in heaven. We store up treasure in heaven by using the money to do good. Now, in 1 Timothy, it says this, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Remember when you were a little kid, you remember how you'd buy your parents or maybe make your parents some kind of gift for Christmas? It was always pretty lame, wasn't it? 
What did your parents do? They were so grateful. Why? Because it represented your love for them. And so they didn't really care about the gift. They cared that you loved them. And, and they were so appreciative that you took your time and made that happen, right? It was your thoughtfulness and your sacrifice that they appreciated. Have you ever tried to get anything for God? What do you get for somebody who has everything? You ever think about that? There's nothing God needs except your heart and mine. If we give him our hearts, well, then, you know, everything we have will follow. Did you know that giving an offering to God is the ultimate, it's the ultimate act of worship? Did you know in Africa, the African people, when they give, it's the highlight of the service. When they give the African people a chance to give, they run to the altar to give their offering. They're so excited. It's the best part of the service for them. Why? Because God has blessed them, and they're so grateful. And this is their opportunity to give something back to God. And just like little children who say, no, I don't want you to put it in for me. I want to give it myself. Put it in my hand. Let me give it. That's what they're saying. I want to give back to God. Matthew says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you can just see that lived out. And that's why God wants us to give offerings to him because our money, wherever it goes, that's where our heart goes too. Wherever I put my money shows my priorities and it shows my values. So here's a question for you today. Where's your heart? Where are your values? Where are your priorities? A simple way to do that, just look. If you write checks, look at the check stub. If you use a credit card, look at your credit card statement. The way you and I spend our money, the way we spend our time, look at the calendar, those show us what things we love the most because that's what's important to us. Recently, I was sitting in my office, as God intended, just trying to do the Lord's work. Cameron went and was in the office with me. Someone came into the office and they said, hey, they need both of you to go to Katie's office. Now, Katie and Krista and Sheila share an office together now. And so Cameron was in front of me, and she walked up there, and Katie was behind the wall. And when she came in, Katie had a snow machine. And she turned that snow machine on, and snow was going everywhere, all over the room. You know what I did? I turned around and ran back to my office and locked the door. I didn't know what was going on in there. Later on, when they put the snow machine away, I said, hey, I got to have one of those. I got a four-year-old granddaughter who's going to love this. She loves the bubble machine that we got her. So I said, she's really going to like the snow machine. I gave Katie my credit card. I said, order me a snow machine. And she did, and it came in, had a big jug of stuff. You pour in it and turn it on. And I took that to Birmingham, to Collins. I said, now, honey and buddy, that's us. Laura and I, honey and buddy, we brought you some surprises. Laura said she had some clothes for her and some pajamas. Even had a set of pajamas that had pajamas for the baby doll that she has so they would match. And I said, now, come outside. I got a surprise for you. And her mother put that stuff in that machine, plugged it up, and turned it on. And that stuff shot snow up in the air in the yard, and it laid on the bushes and the grass. And it looked like it was the real stuff. And we have a video of Colin screaming and squealing. She was so excited, running around, holding that baby doll, looking at that snow, watching it snow. I've got the video. I'll be glad to show it to you anytime with many other videos that I have of Colin's as well. well what's the point? 
Well, that, that, ex that machine was kind of expensive, right? But it's worth every penny to watch her enjoy it because I love her and I want to do something for her. When you love someone, that's what you do, isn't it? And so where your heart is, that's where your treasure is as well. Now, anytime I feel distant from God, there's a couple of things I can do. I can go do something for somebody else, and I can also give an offering, and that's a way to show him my love. Because sharing an offering is sharing my faith with him to let him know that he is the author and the source of everything I have. Now, before I moved to this church, I was serving the Trinity United Methodist Church in Opelika, Alabama. I usually take the Sunday after Christmas off, and when I do, I try to visit other churches. That year, my friend Clifford Jones was the pastor of a Baptist church in town. I said, Clifford, are you going to be preaching the last Sunday of the year? He said, I am. I said, I'm going to come to your church. We served on the Salvation Board together, Salvation Army Board together. African-American got great guy. I just loved Clifford to death. Everybody did. And so I went to his church, and I learned something at Clifford's church I'd never heard before. He said, now, it's time to give. If you're tithing, get up and bring your check to the altar and put it in the plates. I said, wow. Some people got up. They took their check. They took it to the altar, and they put it in the plates. And then after they sat down, he said, Now, if you're given, we'll pass the plate. I said, Wow, <laughs> I'm impressed. So I decided, I'm going to go back to Trinity and tell them what I learned today. I said, I went to Clifford Jones Church. Y'all know Clifford. I said, he taught me something I'd never heard before. He said, for the people of the church, he said, Now, if you're tithing, you bring the money up here and put it on the altar in the offering plates. And then he said, now if you're giving, we'll pass the plates. He said, I said, I like that idea. I think we ought to implement that here at Trinity, don't you? You know, it wasn't any time till those folks got me a one-way U-Haul gift certificate to Woodlawn. <laughs> Not really. I loved them and they loved me and I wasn't planning on leaving. But you know, God just opened the door for me to come here, and I knew I was supposed to do that. But you know what? Even after I taught them about tithing, they still loved me in spite of it because I was really just teaching them what the Bible says. Giving is for our benefit, and it teaches us to trust God with that part of our lives. His purpose in teaching us to give is so that it might draw us closer to Him. It's a privilege, and it's a blessing to give to God. Let's pray together. Father, we are a grateful people. We really are. You've blessed us. We're, we're so thankful for our health, Lord. We're thankful that we can be here today. We're thankful for our family and friends. We're thankful for the way that you've given us jobs and given us a place to work that's meaningful and has purpose. And you've given us an opportunity to receive. And Lord, you teach us that when we get things, resources, that you give us enough so that we might have enough to share. Lord, you teach us to give back to you so that we'll grow in our faith and that we might be a blessing to others because we're generous. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be like you. You're generous. You gave your son so that he might die so that we might live. Lord, help us to be the kind of people that when others see us coming, they're happy to see us and they don't turn and run the other way. Help us to be positive people, thankful people, 
generous people because really thankful people are generous people. And we pray that you would use whatever we do, whatever we say, however we live, whatever we give for your kingdom and your glory. We pray in your son's name. Amen.